Okay, let's begin Parshas Tetzaveh and Purim, Tavshin Pei Aleph, as tonight we are already commemorating uh, Tainus Esther, and uh, as we uh, always do, we'll Bez Hashem focus on the Parsha first for most of this year, and then at the end we'll have two or three thoughts, L'Chavet Purim, which is only about 25 hours, about less than that, about 22 hours uh, away here in <coughs> here in uh, Eretz Yisrael. So, Va'atat Tetzaveh. So we have the only parsha in Sefer Shmos, Vayikra and Vamidbar that does not have Moshe Rabbeinu's name, but Viata, that's the remez to Moshe Rabbeinu, Viata Tetzaves Bnei Yisrael, Viyichu Elecha Shemen Zayizach, Moshe take, um, command Bnei Yisrael, and they should take Shemen Zayizach, Kasis Maor, oil, Kasis Maor, that is crushed for the Maor, that's crushed for, uh, to use for the, for the light, Lahalos Ner Tamid. In order to use for the for the nair, so Rashi quotes kasis la maor la los nair tamid. Rashi quotes kasis hazesim ayakotesh b'machteshes. They used to put the oil in a in a uh, grinder. Veino tochlem berechayim kadei shaloye bo shmarim. No dregs. The oil that was used had to be pure. No dregs. V'achar shahotzi tipa rishona machiz lerechayim v'tochlan. They grind it again and again. It has to be pure and pure and pure. The second level, a little inferior, the second level was Puzzle uh, for the Menorah, and Kashal Menachos, for a Karben Minchas. For our purposes, the most superior type of oil, the one without any dregs in the bottom of it, those were the ones that had to be used for the for the menorah. Says Ramosha Feinstein, two ideas that we learn from the menorah that has to do with education, that has to do with teaching and parenting and the like. Says the Drash Moshe, source number one. V'hainu shalomenachas kasher, for a, the oil for menorah, it's got to be pure. For a mincha, you can have things floating around in it, and then you just take it out, and then you use it. But you're allowed to have that for the mincha. But for the menorah, you need that there was never any dregs, just pure oil. What's the message? To be a teacher and a manhig, a public figure has to be one that acts in a way that his actions don't have to be explained. That after it's analyzed and explained and defended, oh, I see there was nothing going on that was wrong. No, no. You can't have any, like, dregs in there that have to be taken out and then it's pure. It's got to be pure from the start. It's got to be above, as the Gemara sometimes says, Adam, Adam Chash of Shiny. What does that mean? Sometimes certain public figures... And we have to all look at ourselves. If there's a parent in the house, they're a public figure. Obviously, seriously public figures in the community. Has to be one that their actions don't need to be explained and defended, but they're pure from the start. And originally, we make it hard to be Don Some might know about the original act that's a little fishy. And not hear about the explanation. Shaloshama Velohaven has Vero. Kuhada Chachamim, like the Chachamim say in Perkeyavos. Chachamim Hizaru Bidvarim. 
For a student to see a Rebbe, to see a teacher doing something that is a little shady. For children to see parents doing something. No, it has to be clear what they're doing or explain beforehand that it's very public. And that's Shem and Kassis La Moor. Of course, Moor, the menorah, symbolizes Torah, symbolizes Hashpa'ah, symbolizes light and inspiration. And that's the first message of Kassis La Moor, Velo Kassis La Menachas. You can't have anything floating in the oil that is used for the menorah. Number one. Number two, we have, again, a thought that many say, but we'll see it this year from Rav Moshe. Yarocho, so as the Psukim continue, Aaron sets up the menorah. Outside the paroches, outside the current, Asher lo edus, Yaruch oso Aaron uvanav me'erved boker. Lefnei Hashem, Machlokas Rishonim, whether the menorah was only set up at night or also in the morning, lit, Chukas alam adorosa me'is b'nei Yisrael. Yaruch oso Aaron uvanav, and then right after that, Hakrevi leches Aaron achicha, and then right after that, Hashem gives Moshe the command, bring Aaron and his sons close to me, Lachanoli, and we get into the big day kahuna. So again, Ramosha learns a number of important items from this, from this message. Yaroch Oso, Mashanemar, Yaroch Aaron, Uvon Avalakas Od Kodem Shenivchel Kahuna. Isn't it interesting, says the Ramosha, that the first two psukim of the parsha talk about Aaron working with the menorah and the avodah, and only afterwards it says that take Aaron and his sons to be the kohanim, as if the menorah is given to them even without their being the kohanim. Because Aaron didn't get the menorah. Menorah symbolizing the hashpa, the spiritual hashpa that one has in in uh, in the world, right? That's that's not because of who Aaron was and what he was born into, but it was because of his actions. Because who Aaron was, that's why he was zocha to be chosen. As we know, the personality who Aaron was. But As the Gemara says, we don't want us to put enough oil in so it lights by itself independently. You don't have to stand there the whole time and keep the, the match on it. Sometimes one, a teacher, a Rebbe, a Mora might give a cheer or a class. I did what I'm supposed to do. They're not working hard enough. I didn't, they could figure it out. They could work hard. No. Like we learned a few weeks ago, Mishpatim. Shulchan Aruch. It's the job of a Rebbe, of a teacher to make it clear. To make sure they've done it enough times that they understand it. Rebbe Preda, Gemara and Aaron, 400 times. So I could be sure that the student will be able to repeat it over and have the wisdom even when the teacher, when the parent is not around. Umeha, that's number one, says the says Ramosha. And that often many, many others say. But then Ramosha also says, the halacha is they have to put in the same amount of oil no matter what season it is. 
No matter how long the nights are, even if it's a short night, I have to put in the same amount of oil. What's the message? Last word. Even if there's a Talmud that's very sharp and that's very smart and the Rebbe might figure, oh, he doesn't need me, I don't have to explain it so well. No, no, no. Some children in a family might need less attention, that's true, but in terms of the values, the chinecha values, or of information that a parent or that a rebbe or that a, or that a teacher give, <coughs> nothing is taken for granted. If I assume, they know, they get it. No, 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 yitta ha-talmud. You put in the same amount of oil no matter what night. No matter what season, it looks like it's a shorter night, same amount of oil, same amount of hashka'a, same amount of investment, because one has to recognize that that's what education is all about. So number one, Rav Moshe teaches us that a public figure always has to be above any type of even suffix. As the Gemara says, Adam Chashav Shaidi, there shouldn't be dregs floating in that you could remove and then make it pure. And number two, Ramosha says, Eleha, to be mechanich them in a way that the light goes up, Eleha, that they become independent, like the Mishnah says in the beginning of Perkyavos, and also equal education. We shouldn't shortchange any of our students, our children, or our grandchildren. Okay. Moving right along to, again, another thought. First, we'll have two thoughts on the beginning of the parsha on this first passage about the Halakas and Eris. The second thought is here from the Nesivos, Rabbi Yaakov Milisa, and the Sefer Nachlis Yaakov, al HaTorah. And he's bothered by the first word. It's a, it, there's a lot of focus on Moshe Rabbeinu. That's a focus. Why is it Elecha? Is there something specific about the menorah for Moshe Rabbeinu? You command. Ask the Nesivas. Halashon, again, he's called the Nesivas because that's his most famous work, but he has many svarim out. The base Yaakov, Anksubis, the Torah's Gitten on Gitten, the Nachlas Yaakov, the Chavez Das on Yeradeah, all the same author, one of the most prolific writers in our history. Rabbi Yaakov Milisa, so says the Nachlas Yaakov. Kasha, the Lashon of Atatzit Savi is difficult. Shahavi Lomart Savitz, B'nai Yisrael, like we have commonly. Tell B'nai Yisrael, Yaton is like Moshe Rabbeinu is more involved. He's more affected by this mitzvah. Somehow doing this mitzvah affects Moshe Rabbeinu. V'yata, v'yichu elecha. And also titzaveh. V'gam v'yichu elecha kasha. Havilei v'yichu shemen z'ezach. They should take or tell them to take. What's the emphasis? What's the emphasis by the, by the focus on Moshe Rabbeinu? Says the Nesivis, Kfar Kasafti, Kama Pa'amim. Let me remind you, says the Nesivis, of the important thought of the Ramban. The Kala Mitzvah Shanu Osim, Heim Poel Dimyon, Mikochos Hel Yonim. Says the Nachos Yaakov, step number one, remember the Ramban. The Ramban in Parshas Lechlecha, he just expands it a little more. The Ramban in Parshas Lechlecha talks about. The concept that is known as Maisa Avos Simulabanim, but the Ramban's Lashon and concept is Maisa Avos Yitzira Labanim. An earlier act creates the future. 
is not just a sim, what we would call in Lumdish terms, not just a siman, but a siba. It doesn't just reflect and hint us what will happen, but it even causes what will happen sometimes. Says the Ramban in source number three in Parshas Lech Lecha. Vida, line six. Again, this is a Ramban quoted in many contexts. Very important Ramban. When an act goes from a decree, from a conceptual thought, to an action, a physical action, that makes it more concrete. Just like Hashem tells your, your Miyahu and other Nevi'im to do things in order to create what's going to happen. Throw it into the river. And so to Kacha Tishka Bavel, Bavel will sink like this rock is sinking. Elisha tells the king, shoot the arrow, shoot the arrow. And he stopped. He's like, if you'd have shot more, you would have hit him more. Everything is creating the future. It's Paul Dimion. <coughs> That's why Avram Avinu walked around. Eretz Yisrael. Remember the Goran Baobasra? I think it's about Dafkuf. He did a Kenya Chazaka. That itself, Avram walking around, created the ability that Am Yisrael should go into Eretz Yisrael and be Kona, the land. Understand this, Ramban. Earlier in history helps the Avos, and not just Avos, but the Nevi'im also, create the realities for later in history. That's the Ramban. But now the Nesivas is taking it one step further. Not only does it create it in physical history, a physical act to a physical later on, but even in the spiritual realities. If there is a physical act that symbolizes spiritual realities, that's also a poel dimyon. That also, if we do the physical act, that could bring down the shefa in the spiritual realm. Says the Nachlas Yaakov, what do I mean? Back to the Ramban. The shanu dimyon, yonim. Says the Rabbi Yaakov Milisa, bihine mitzvah lakichas Hashem and lahalos ner putting oil in the menorah and the light going out. Mora al-hashpaz, kedusha hayoredes milamala. Hamachuna b'shem shemen miskash kodesh. The light going out from the menorah symbolizes the hashpa of the spiritual shefa, of the spiritual plenty that's coming down from Shemayim and radiating out to the world through Am Yisrael. So the more menorah, the more light there is, the more shefa that's going to come to Am Yisrael. Step two. Step one is the Ramban, but extend the Ramban, not just future physical realities, but present spiritual realities. Step two, the menorah specifically, the spiritual reality that that reflects is the Arha Torah that is expressed. Right? Step three, Moshe Rabbeinu's godless is Tali on the Hashpa and the Shef and the godless of Am Yisrael. As we know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't speak to Moshe Rabbeinu for the 38 years in the desert. Because B'nai Yisrael were in Izofim, so so to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Chok Dulas Moshe Lo Haya El B'Shvei Yisrael. K'moshe Kasev Rashi. As Rashi quotes in next week's parsha, Shiches Amcha. V'Kasev. Sh'am HaKadosh Baruch Hu. K'lum Nasati Lecha Gedula El B'Shvei Yisrael. And therefore Hashem says, Moshe, this is an important mitzvah for you. You are their leader. 
The menorah and the light of menorah symbolize their spiritual greatness, their ability to be an Arlagoyim. The Hashras Hashchina that's symbolized. So the more they focus on the message of this menorah, the greater you're going to be able to reach. The Atah, the Yikhuwe Lecha, it's about you, Moshe Rabbeinu. The Hainu Hashpaz Kedusha, Lahayir Lohem Lalechas Badarki Hashem, Uladavik Bavaso Biraso, the Kashayi Osin Kane, and when they do this, when they fulfill this mitzvah, Yeah, Yorid Hashpaz Sheman Mishkas Kodesh, Al Moshe Biyasar Seis. If they wouldn't do it, then it would affect Moshe Rabbeinu also. So, fascinating. The parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned in starts off with a message to Moshe Rabbeinu that your greatness is totally on Am Yisrael. Maybe it all connects. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I, And this was a key of that. But Moshe recognizes that his greatness is only totally on Am Yisrael's greatness. Ein melech below Am. Ein manhig below Am. And Moshe Rabbeinu realized that, and that's why he so badly wanted to have this mitzvah fulfilled, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving him that message as well. Okay. <coughs> Moving right along, Big Day Kahuna. The Big Day Kahuna that we have listed here in Pashas Tetzaveh. Yasitza Big Day Kodesh Laran Achicha L'chav L'sefares. We've quoted in the past the Machlokas, Rambam and the Ramban. Rambam counted as a separate mitzvah, Aselam and Gimel. Ramban is not, it's part of the Avoda, and these are the lists of the Begadim. Choshen, Ephod, Me'il, Ktones, Mitzvah, Avne, six, later on, the Tzitz and the Michnasayim. There's a very famous story in Shabbos, Lamed Aleph. That is one of the most famous Amudim in all of Shas. Lamed Aleph, Amud Aleph in Shabbos. It has a story with Hillel not getting angry that they made the bet. It's about the three Gerim. Teach me Torah while standing on one foot. Teach me Torah, only Torah Shebech And the other one is, teach me Torah, Manas, that I should be the Kohen Gadol. Right? Remember that story? The Kohen, the Ger is walking by the shul and he hears Parshish Tetzaveh. And he hears about these beautiful Begadim that the Kohen Gadol wore. V'yasubi de Kodesh la'aron achicha u'levanav l'chahanoli. And he's like, wow, that's amazing. And he goes to Shammai and says, convert me please, Almanas, that I should be the Kohen Gadol and I want to wear these begadim. And Shammai says, what are you talking about? Just get out of here. That's, you're, not, you're not motivated in the right way. I can't. So he's out, as we know. Hillel. Hillel takes him. Hillel somehow believes deep down that he's going he's gonna to change. He's gonna, Hillel saw something in him. Says Rabbi Friend. This is the second volume in Rabbi Friend on the Parsha. Hillel's approach to the convert on the right side seems to be a bit peculiar. The ever-patient Hillel saw no reason to chase the fellow away with a stick. But it seems that he tricked him into thinking that it could be the Kohen Gondol. It sounds like from the story that he really believes that he's going to be the Kohen Gondol. Why didn't he just tell him softly, I'm sorry, but uh, a convert can't be the Kohen Gondol. Most Jews can't even be the Kohen Gondol. Why didn't Hillel just say it in a soft way? We could surmise that Hillel must have realized that this Gentile would eventually accept the Torah and mitzvot wholeheartedly, even if he couldn't be the Kohen Gadol. Hillel saw the type of neshama that he had. At that time, at the time he came to convert, however, he couldn't be talked out of his fantasy. He had heard the description, he determined to don them at any cost. Had Hillel told him, you won't ever be the Kohen Gadol, maybe he would have gone to another rabbi and another rabbi until he got the answer that he wanted. He wasn't ready to give up. He wasn't ready to give up. Hillel knew there'd be a time. There'd be a time 
that I'll be able to talk to him about this, but now's not that time. <coughs> but he knew he was going to be L'Shem Shamayim. Says Rabbi Franz, line number six. This story is a lesson to parents and educators. It's such a crucial lesson, but it's a very hard lesson, a challenging lesson. In the course of raising children and students, we often feel an urge to impart important lessons to them. Sometimes we see them doing something we consider foolhardy. They ignore our efforts to set them straight. Sometimes we see our children about to make a mistake that we've made. And we want them to stop it. Sometimes we want them to follow a family minog. And they resist. The answer is not to nudge and pester them into submission. And we all fall, fall prey to our children, our grandchildren, our friends. We all try to influence because we think we have to say this right now. The lesson we learned from Hillel is to have patience. The time will come. It might take a year, two years, five years, ten years. There'll be a time. But eventually, the time will come when the child will be willing to listen to you. If you have the patience, the convert listen to Hillel. Because it's all about timing. It's not just about what, but it's about when. Right? We don't tell a gear every single detail of Hilcha's Borer the first time he wants to learn about a halacha. It's step by step. One has to make sure that we use that in education of in any, in any context. Such a crucial lesson. It's a very hard lesson. Sometimes we have to bite our tongue and hold ourselves back not to say something. And we make mistakes and we say things and we see it was the wrong thing to say and I should have waited. It's a balance. Nobody's perfect. Right? We don't go to parent school. There's school for everything. There's no school for parenting. The school for parenting is watching our own parents. Right? That's the, that's the only message that we, that we could take with us. But either way, that's where my friends, in terms of the big day, in terms of the big day kahuna and the story of Hillel. Okay. Now a thought that we've mentioned in the past, but we'll just see it adding on a little story this time that we haven't had before. It's a Rashi, a Rashi that we've quoted in many different Shi'urim in different contexts. Rashi says here in Perak Chavches Pasagud. Perak Chavches Pasagud, right, we have the, uh, or not, not Pasagud, the before that. The Pasuk describes the ephod, the apron that's made, all the things that it's made out of, all the materials. Rashi says, If I try to explain the choshen and the ephod, straight based on the psukim, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to read in that way. So I'm just going to explain it as I, as I, uh, Need to explain it, but Rashi says that's that's how he's going to explain it. But if you look earlier in Pasik Dalid, this is the Rashi I was looking for. The Aphod. Loshamati Velomatsasi Brisa Pirish Tabniso. I'm not exactly sure what the Aphod looks like. Velibi Omerli. My heart tells me, and then you look at that Rashi, it's about a twenty line Rashi. My heart tells me. Libi Omerli? What's Rashi driving at? If he doesn't know, he doesn't know. Rashi often. There's a, there's a Gilean Ashas in Brachas Daf I think, where he quotes all the times Rashi says, I don't know. Rashi says, I don't know plenty of times. Here Rashi says, I, don't, I never saw what the ephod looks like, but Libi Omerli. My heart tells me, dot, dot, dot. What does that mean? 
explains Rev Salvechik in source number six, and he writes this in a number of places. I gave you two of them. In Masoras Arab, obviously the collection, <laughs> he quotes that we know the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos and the Avos Rebinasa expands upon it. The crowns that a Jew has, Keser Kahuna, Keser Malchus, and Keser Torah. What does Keser Torah mean? A crown of Torah. Does not merely signify gaining Torah knowledge, but elevation and personal purification. A Keser, a crown, is a status. Talmud Torah engenders a refinement of the personality. Depth of understanding replaces superficiality. As the individual undergoes a, a total transformation, we become different. When we learn Torah, it's not just an act that we do, but it's somebody that we become. And he quotes from Reb Chaim, his grandfather. Reb Chaim Salvechik would compare this Levi Omerli, what Reb Salvechik calls a halachic intuition. Somebody who has been shaped by Torah recognizes, based on what they've learned, what the Torah is saying and what the Torah would say. Reb Chaim explains. We'll compare this approach to resolving a difficult passage <coughs> in the Rambam. With a traveler who must reach his destination in the darkness of the night, it's pitch black outside. A person's traveling on the road. And all of a sudden, in the distance, they see a little glimmer, a little light. And they say, oh, that's the direction I need to go in. And slowly, slowly, they go towards the light. And slowly, the light becomes stronger and stronger and brighter until they get to the light. And there's, it's so light. When, some, when Reb Chaim said he was trying to figure out a Rambam, it was dark, it was gloomy. Reb Solveitchik writes, I didn't give it to you, he writes a story, he remembers when he was a young boy, being in his bed, and overhearing his father give shear to the Talmidim, sitting at the table, and he would say, there's a difficult Rambam, how can we figure out the Rambam? And there was, there was silence, and there was seriousness of spirit, and he remembers he felt it palpable, the heaviness of the situation. And he says he remembers finally his father started saying, maybe. And he started with an idea. He saw the light. And all of a sudden, it got louder and louder. And there was a crescendo. And the Talmudim started talking. And all of a sudden, everybody was dancing in the, in, in, not physically dancing, but, but getting excited about, about the shot. And he says, I remember running to my mother, running to my mother and saying, we figured out the Rambam. Abba figured out the Rambam. Because you see the light and then you go towards it. That this halachic intuition, Rashi's Libi Omerli. Rashi was shaped by his Torah, and therefore he had a, his lave, his heart showed him the light of how to define and know what the ephod looked like. And Rav Salvechik himself spoke about this in his hesped for his uncle, the Briskarav, Madodech Midod, in source number seven. We're not going to read the whole thing, but that's where he talks about the concept. The Gemara tells us in Mesecha Sanhedrin, Torah Tzivalanu Moshe, Mo Rasha Kilas Yaakov, Atikri Mo Rasha Elam Mo Rasa. Arison, every Jew is married to the Torah. Arison, stage one of marriage. Explains Rabbi Salvechik, Arison is only stage one of marriage. Every Jew has Arison to the Torah. But certain Yechide Skula, every generation has Nisuin to the Torah. Has the second stage. If you look on the next page, in the middle of source number eight, Arison Benisuin, Shnei Shlavim Arison is a legal connection based on a Kenyan, but Nisuin is much deeper. What's Nisuin? Nisuin, line 37. ofako ishus misrachevu shal Nisuin Nisuin is a coming together 
of the personalities. Turn the page again. Again, feel free to read this after. Leprakim, a Torah niseis la'adam. Omizavegasimo. Sometimes the Torah is married to a person. Nisuin. Ultimately, when you've been married to somebody for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you kind of know what they're thinking even before they tell you. You know how they would react. So Sir Nechidi school or Rashi knew what the Torah would say because he had Nisuin to the Torah. And her Salvation said that's what his uncle had. And that's the Ishhalacha that he talks about. And that's the Rashi, Valibi, Valibi Omerli. So, only a few Yechidi school but we have to do what we can to get as close to that Nisuin that we can. We all have Erisin, we all have that connection. It probably comes from the Malach in utero. But it's our job in life to go from Arison to try to reach the levels of Nisuin as well. <coughs> okay. Moving right along. One more thought on the Parsha, and then we'll have a couple of thoughts on, on Purim. If you look in Parachavches, Pasaches, a couple of Psukim later, we have the belt. The belt, the Cheshev Afuda So Asher Alav, the belt that holds down the Ephod. Rashi, Chagura Yadohu Ma'afdo Umisakneo Lakoinu Makashto. The Cheshev Ashfud Asor Asher Alav, the Cheshev Ephod, the belt, Rashi, the uncle is Behemyantikune, Kema'aseyu Mimenu Yiyeh. Like its actions, it should be from it. Rashi, Ka'arigas Asinar Ma'asechoshev Umachamesha Saminim, Ka'arigas Acheshev. Just like the afo with the material, so to the belt that was on the bottom. This isn't the avnate. This is not talking about the avnate, but it's the bottom, the belt that holds the aphod in place. So if you look in the contemporary collection of Lachsos Benoam Hashem, he quotes a drush on this line from Ev Yosef Chaim from the Ben Yehoyada. The Cheshavuda so Asher Olav. So he quotes the Gemara in Mesechas Brachas Avchavches. Yochanan Metzakei was on his deathbed, and his Talmidim came and said, Rebbe. Give us a last message. Give us a last message. And he says to them, You should fear heaven as much as you fear people. And they say to him, Ad Khan? And he says, Yeah, that's my message. That's my message. You should fear Hashem as much as you fear people. Two pshatim to this line, and each with a story, and the second one connects to our Pasik. But each one is fascinating to say over at the Shabbos table. Pshat Advarim. What's the Pashib Pshat? The Pashib Pshat is that we know. Rachman al-Itzlan. Right? People are more scared of people. Right? When, we, when we're driving and we hear a siren behind us and we see flashing lights, we all get a pit in our stomach and hope that he's not coming for us. What did I do wrong? What am I doing? We all feel it. Do we, have, do we ever have such Yira Shemayim in a such palpable way that we feel the Yira from Abbas Vadam? See, he quotes a story from Rav Yosef Zondel Misalant. He says, one time he was going, he was going, traveling with a wagon driver, and in the middle of the drive, the wagon driver goes down to the field to get some, to get some straw for his horses. He looks to the right, he looks to the left, Livdog, he wants to make sure nobody sees, and he starts to bend down to take from the straw. And all of a sudden, Yosef said, quick, somebody's seeing, somebody's looking, somebody's looking. And the wagon driver's like, what, somebody's looking? He jumps back into the wagon, closes the door, and starts driving off. Five minutes later, the same thing. He stops at the side of the road, opens the door, looks to the right, looks to the left, 
and gets ready to take the straw. He's about to take the straw, and all of a sudden, Yosef Zulu says, wait, wait, somebody's looking, somebody's looking. And again, he jumps back in, and he closes the door, and he, and he continues. And finally, the third time, he comes off. He looks both ways. He looks very carefully. He's about, and Rabbi Yosef Zudl starts screaming again. Somebody's looking. And he turns around and says, where? I don't see anybody. And he points up. Somebody's looking. Shehimora shamayim alecha kamora basar vadam. Ayin roe, ozen shomas, v'chol ma'asecha b'sefer nechtavim. If we all felt that. Right, Rabbi Ephraim Waxman, I think, once said, many years ago, maybe often, he says, imagine if the Chafetz Chaim was your roommate, how we would get up in the morning. Imagine what we would look like again. Mor Shemayim Kamor Basar Vadam. Number one. But then he quotes another idea. He quotes another idea about Mor Shemayim Kamor Basar Vadam. Dehinei ha'adam la'atzmo u'legufo hu'laholech ha'pashrus. Generally in life, we don't settle. We don't compromise. So for our health, for our physical health, we'll go to the ends of the world. Whatever we need to do for our physical health, we'll do. We're very nervous and anxious about our physical health. What about our spiritual health? What about our spiritual health? This was written years ago, not not recently. If there's a certain type of fish that people say stay away from, because there's a chash of a dangerous, uh, dangerous, uh, you know, um, ingredient in the fish, a filu, an insect, a filu shachash, you know, even one in a thousand, I'm going to stay away. Okay, I could do without that fish. I could do without it. Mora shemayim kamora basar adam. Our mora about ruchnius should be at least as equal as the mora of our gashmius. And he quotes a story for this one as well. Rabbi Saul Salanter, he says, once was traveling, somebody comes over to him, he sees him, and surely says, says, can I ask you something? Sure. He has a chicken that he just shechted. He looks like a, a rav. Could you, could you tell me if it's kosher or not? And Bishol Salanta looks at it and says, oh, Bishol it's okay, it's kosher, it's kosher. Fine. A little while later, Nikash Lover Bishol Ba'amarlo. Bishol Salanta went over to him and said, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm short on funds, you have a, a couple of ruble that I could borrow. Amarlo Bala Of. Ha'iti Rosal Ha'boslacha. I would love to, but you know, I don't, I don't know who you are. I, I don't know, I don't know if you're going to be able to pay me back. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I can't take my chances with my money. Said Israel Salanter, and your bird you were able to take chances with, and your chicken you were able to take chances with. You're more you you you're worried about the rubles. We're not worried about your your shrita. Says of Yosef Chaim. Now back those are two great stories. Stop. But says of Yosef Chaim, maybe that's the uh, adrush. V'cheshev afudaso asher alav, the belt that we're taking with us. What are we taking with us to Shamayim? Hatora va mitzvos amaisim tovim, asher mehem osa adam es mabusho aruchani lislabeish lamo olam haba bemutalam alav lekaimam. Right, the chesha, our belt that we're taking with us, kemaaseyu like our physical actions. We menu yet the same from it, from the same standards that we have in our physical world. The belt that we take. To the next world, 
has to be from the same, at least, at least the same. That's what Rabbi Yochanan Mizakai taught us. Both in the Pashib Shat, Rabbi Yosef Zolo Misalant, and from the deeper idea, our standards should be the same, Rabbi Yisrael Salant. Okay. Three thoughts on Purim. Three thoughts on Purim. First is just a Medrash. First is a Medrash. Those are interested on the OU site. Now are the, uh, the Navi Shirim. We were Zohar to do, uh, Megillus Esther, 10 Shirim, 11 Shirim on Megillus Esther, an introductory Shir. But we did many of the Shirim. We spoke about the, the Midrashim. Esther Rabba, we know. Medrash Rabba, we have on Hamish Chub Torah and the Megillus. So if you look at Esther Rabba, let's just read a Medrash. And again, feel free to do more research on the Medrash. I'm just going to read the Medrash. First thought. At the time of the Gzeira of Haman, some of the Midrashim material is in the Gemara too, but this I don't think is. At the time of the Midrashim, at the time of uh, the Gzeira, top right, Miyad, Ahmad, Satan, the Satan says they're sinful, they deserve to be destroyed. Okay? So that was the Gzeira. So what happens then? Line 10. V'gam malachei asharish tzaku l'kol b'chiyasa the malachim were crying. V'yamru l'fan avribona shalolam. Im Yisrael b'telem in ha'olam anu l'amanu tzrichim ba'olam. Without Jews in the world, why is there a world? They're the ones that bring you to the world. They're the ones that bring you. Kivan shashamu chama v'levana kach asfu nagam. The sun and the moon didn't want to give off their light. The, the metaphysical, the angels... The next world down, the sun and the moon. Ba'osasha. Let's learn this graphic story. Rats Navi runs with 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 uh, alacrity to the Abos. Moshe ben Amram. How could you be sleeping at a time like this? <laughs> Do you not recognize the tzara? Ki malachei asharis v'chama v'lavana v'kachavim u'mazalos v'shamayim ba'aris v'chol tzvam aram bochim b'meret. Right, every everybody's crying. The malachim and the sun and the moon. Everybody's shaking. V'yatem omdim minege ve'encha mashkichem and you're quiet. You're not doing anything. Amrulo, the avos ha'olam say mipnei ma. So so what is it? So why is there such exerus so that this line is in the Gemara? They took part in the Suda. Because of that, all the Rimshatim of what the Chait was, they took part in the Suda. And that's why they're, they're decreed to be annihilated. Amrulo, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Imhim Avro, Aldasa, Kadesh Baruchu. What do you want from us? There's nothing that we could do. In Shabbos Peites, Yitzchak stands up. Here, nothing. Here, the others are quiet. Chazer Eliyahu Amar Lo Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu. Iroenem on Kama Pa'amim Amadet Ala Peretz LeYisrael. You always stood up for them. Ubatal Tagzeirasam Levilti Hashchus. You were able to do it. Shenamar, as it says, Lulei Moshe Bechira Amad VePeretz Lefanov. Matana LaTzarazos Moshe. We need you. Amarlo Moshe. Klum Yish Adam Kasher BaOso Hadar. Is there anybody in the generation that I could team up with? Is there anybody who's righteous? 
It's fascinating. This whole gemara, this whole medrash goes into the issue about do they know what's going on in on Earth and Shamayim? Elio, Elio is the trans. Elio is the one that could go back and forth. So Moshe says, "Is there anyone down there?" Amarlo Yesh, Ushmo Mordechai. There is one. His name is Mordechai. Amarlo Lech Vahodio. Okay, Moshe says to Elio, "Go talk to him." Kadesh Yamod, who Misham Betfila Vaanimikan. Wow. I'm going to stop in from here. He's going to dive in from there. Moshe and Mordechai. Together. We will ask. And we will daven. You don't really have so much time. There's already been a gzera. There's already been a decree written. And here's the line that I'm just going to say. Feel free to look at Svarim on Purim that talk about this line. Moshe says there's a decree. Amarlo Moshe. In betiti chasuma, tfilaso, tfilaseno nishmas. Is the decree written in mud? So then we can, in pitch, in cement even, that we could change it. Vim bedam nechtama, ma shehaya, hu. If it's written in blood, there's no going back. Amarlo Eliyahu says, "Betit tichasume." It's betit. It's not bedam. Amarlo Moshe Rabbeinu, leich vodila Mordechai. Go tell Mordechai we have a job to do. We have a nation to save. That's a medrash. Just some midrashim you just have to like say, and they just like send shivers down your spine, even without any pshatim of it. But there's the medrash. Feel free to do more research. But two other thoughts on the on Purim. One is from the Simon Labanim of Kashtiel in source number 12. He talks about wine. We know Purim has a lot to do with wine, but let's just generalize this a little bit. We know Nisa Chayayin takes place every day in the base of Migdash by the Karbatamid. We pour wine in the, on the Mizbeach. We pour wine into these little holes. The Shisin, it goes all the way down and the Mizbeach goes all the way down to the Kishkas, to the bottom in the middle of the, in the ground and it goes out. And we say Shira as we pour this wine. And the question that's asked is, and this isn't really focused on by many others, what are we so happy about? Out of all the things that we can say Shira, okay, we sing Hallel when we Achilles Karim Pesach, and maybe Shechitas Karim Pesach, Dafyomi's doing that now. What's so happy about pouring wine in the Mizbeach? And we might also add, why is wine such a focal point on Purim? But it's really throughout the year. <laughs> Whenever we have a religious ceremony, we have wine. A wedding, a bris, Shabbos, Yantif, benching. We always have wine. What's the mess? So some connected, the Eitz Hadas, was it Anavim? But what's the message? Why does wine play such a major role? And then isn't it interesting... Zacharis Yom HaShlap is the Kad show. Remember Shabbos? Zacharei Walayayin. Doesn't wine usually make you forget things? Not remember things? Zacharis Yom HaShlap is the Kad show. Zacharei Walayayin. So again, without reading the whole thing, turning the page, says Rav Kashtiel, wine has something unique about it than all other foods don't have. Food or drink. Hayayin, kechal shuhu, yashan, yoser, kachu, mishubach, yoser. That's the secret. All other foods, they rot over time. They go bad. 
Wine is the only food that the older it is, the better it gets. Affect hazman benigud laharbe ma'achalim u'mashkim. Poel alav pu'ula hafucha. Yain is the symbol of connecting to the distant past. Wine is the symbol of the older it is, the older it is, the stronger it gets. The more expensive it gets. Shtiyas yain matarasala natseyach hazman. We're taking this moment. We're taking this moment of a brismila of a wedding. I'm adding and embellishing a little to his his thought, and we're connecting it back to Maimad Sinai, to Misa Bracious. We're going all the way back. That's what wine symbolizes. When we have wine every Shabbos, we're connecting to Misa Bracious because wine means we're going back in time. Wine anchors; it goes to our roots goes all the way down to the roots, to the middle of the earth, back to where it all began, where human beings haven't touched, so to speak. So wine makes us remember. Wine takes us back. What did we say in Shira Shirim? Heviani al Beisayayin. Kodesh Baruch bring me to the Beisayayin. We remember what Amalek did because thinking way back, we can learn messages. Wine links us back to the ancient past, to the beginnings of our Mesorah. And that's, again, he says a lot more here, but that's the message. Maybe on Purim we're trying to link back. Haman wanted to break us, but we link back. We had another Kabbalah Satara, right? Maybe wine is connecting the first Kabbalah Satara to the second Kabbalah Satara, but wine brings us back to the past. And maybe through... And maybe through linking back to that past, we're able to appreciate a present as much as we can. Right? Chayav Adam Liros, Ki'ilu, we went out. But again, the past is alive and well in Yadus, and we try to link back to it through through wine. Idolikosos, obviously, there's a lot, a lot to say, but again, this is a thought that could be applied in many different contexts. Okay, one final thought, based on the Gemara and Mesechah's Megillah. The Gemara tells us that Achashverosh was no great tzaddik. We know from the Psukim, Achashverosh was no great tzaddik. When Haman comes to Achashverosh and says, there's a nation out there, even though he doesn't say Beferish, which nation, and they, they do different things, Achashverosh says, great, Haman says, I'm going to give you all this money. What did the Psukim say? Achashverosh is like, I don't, keep your money, keep your money. <coughs> it's okay. Do what you need to do. And the Gemara gives a mashal, mashal d'achashverosh for Haman, l'mad, d'aradome, l'shnei b'nei adam, one neighbor had a big mound in his field. And one had a pit in his field. I wish, I wish I had that tail. And I wish I had that mound of dirt. I could fill in my hole. He says, I wish I could flatten out my field. I could get rid of this dirt. They found each other. Could you please send, um, sell me your dirt? He says, take it. That's the mushal of Achashverosh and Haman. And the question is, what's the pshat? Says Rav Asher Weiss in source number 15. It's interesting, I just noticed this now. First three words, Libi Omerli, says Rav Asher Weiss. Based on what we just said before, he says that often. Libi Omerli about this mushal. We know that anti-Semitism is something that appears and rears its head in every century. 
in every generation. Right? After all, it says, Halacha, Biyadua, Ace of Son Eliakov. I think Rashi quotes that in Parshas Vayishlach. It's a Halacha. It's part of the fabric of the world. Part of the fabric of the world. It cannot be explained. Line 16. Tofa zu'ein lahezra al-piseichel. Halabachol artos tevel. Shabahem shachnu Yisrael. Tarmu trumatuma. The Jews invested and gave so much to every country they ever lived in. Liz paschus akalkola v'amischar. For the economy. For for everything. Look at the Nobel Prizes. How many are Jews? How much we've contributed to the world and yet more than any other people were persecuted. Ne'amonimaya, we were more loyal than anyone else. Ne'amonimaya la'aretz ulamalchus shebekirba yashvavuraz asvam kezrachim ne'amonim. We were loyal citizens. And you look what happened. Abarbanel was in the government. And look what happened. Because it's a halacha. Biyadua. Biyadua. Right? And there are the physical, there are the spiritual there are the Halos Yemachshamam, there are the Stalins Yemachshamo. And they're, they're all over. But there are two ways that they could kind of use as an excuse to pull us down. One is, they're jealous. They see a Jew up high. They see a Jew on a mountain above them. And they say, we have to pull the Jew down. And other times, what the Germans did before World War II is, they saw the Jews as lowly, as subhuman beings. And therefore, what, what right did they have to live? They're just low, they're nothing. They're below. Sometimes there's the Baal Hatel, there's the mound, they see the Jew as a mountain. Sometimes they see the Jew as a whole, as a, as a mole, as a word on society. But either way, that's Haman and Achashverosh. Whether it's the Baal HaTel or the Baal ha, um the other Lashon, the Baal HaTel or the Baal HaCharitz, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Right? But what we celebrate starting tonight with Tainus Esther and Purim is HaKadosh Baruch Hu Matzileinu Miyadam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes us out. Yes, it comes in different types of tzuras, all of the enemies. And again, as we've been focusing so much for the past year on a, on a different type of enemy, on an enemy that affects the world, but at this time of year, we have to remember the other enemies in the world, the power of Amalek in the world. Those are, that are against us, then against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we have to recognize, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Maslenu Miyadam, just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge of physical illnesses and physical healings, He's in charge of spiritual healings as well. Yehiratzon, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu send the Rafua and Yeshua to all the physical ailments in the world, but also to all the spiritual ailments of the world. And we're Zochet to have clarity of vision, not just Neis Nistar, but Neis Nigla, Be'ezus Hashem, as the Chachia Geula are upon us, we should be Zochet to the Geula Shlema Bikaro. Just to mention also, the uh, the second volume of Shalom Rav is out. I know it's a, in, out in, uh, in America. Hasn't gotten to Eretz Yisrael yet, but Bez Hashem, it's out those who uh, are interested on uh, Vayikra Bamidbar and Dvarim. Okay, we'll stop here.